Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, welcome back to Oz Business Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have your company as we head into the afternoon coverage here on the live stream. And of course, we kick the afternoon off at 12 midday Eastern with the call uh, where we examine 10 stocks that you've suggested and we put it to a panel of experts. Absolutely delighted to have Gary Glover from Novus Capital with us again today. Gary, good to have you back. Thanks, David. Uh, and James Rosenberg from Bay News with us as well, showing off with the uh, with the Roosters Guernsey behind him. James, how are you? Thanks. Feeling confident for the rest of the season? I'm, I'm uh, never confident, always hopeful, David. And it's not just a uh, Roosters jersey, it's a signed uh, Premier's jersey, two-time Premier's, of course, looking for three in a row. <laughs> this is a show about winners. This is a show about winners, David. So, um, well, scrub it in there. You know, one of Gary, uh, the, uh, the big silver tail uh, club, is that sort of, um, sort of you expect them to be a bit cocky at this time of year, don't you? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they've yeah. got the money behind them, yeah. you know, to, to be competitive against these struggling little working class clubs. Yeah, I'm sort of, uh, so I'm sort of support the, the Queensland team, so uh, yeah, right. so okay. we're struggling oh, this year. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. You'd love the Roosters then, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, enough of the sledging, James, I think. How's your week been otherwise? Yeah, pretty good, thank you, David. Glorious weather in Sydney and, uh, and uh, you know, the markets have uh, had a bit of a volatile start. Uh, not a lot of volume, of course. Post-reporting season, it tends to be uh, pretty quiet from a volume point of view. But yeah. I think as we ramp up towards the US election, there's going to be more and more yeah. um, rhetoric coming out, particularly Chinese rhetoric, uh, anti-Chinese rhetoric coming out of the White House, and that might provide some volatility yeah. for the markets. And uh, and volatility, of course, is risk for some people, but um, wonderful opportunities for others. Yeah. And Gary, we uh, head into annual meeting, annual general meeting season pretty soon too. Uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see if we get any more guidance from yeah, our big stocks. Yeah, I'm not sure it'll be too much of that. I think, uh, yeah, I think you're actually going to see um, a period of indecision here in the market. So, because there's not so much, there's probably not a lot of guidance that companies can sort of give as well. So, I mean, how long is yeah. a piece of string here? How long is this going to last? So, yeah, yeah I, I actually sort of think the markets might stand still oh. for, uh, for, say, two years here. Um, for two years? For two years. Okay. But, but what you'll see there is, uh, is, is pretty large swings of volatility. So sometimes in uh-huh. these sort of lower growth markets, right. which you might sort of think you might, you might go through a bear market phase, but markets can actually, um, it might be the same point in two years' time, but in between, it's been a fairly volatile. It's been a wild ride. Very, very okay. volatile, yeah, mm. so, yeah. Okay. So you need to keep on uh, top of the market and all the information, of course, that's what Ausbiz is all about. All right, before we get... Into your uh, into the ten stocks that you've suggested, stock of the day for me, uh, something that's sort of been in, in the news in the uh, has been at Sydney Airport, and um, they had to fill uh, when they did their raise. There was a bit of a shortfall in their retail raise, which they got away overnight to institutional investors, and UBS took a, a big swag of it. Um, so Gary, was that a, a good thing for the stock to get that? The rest of the raise away, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's uh, I mean, it was what it was pretty low. So yeah, uh, yeah so I had a few clients, um, you know. Um, so most brokers should have been calling their clients and definitely taking it up with a share price appreciation. So even if you don't want to hang on to it, yeah, take up what you can, offload, you know, balance it out. Yeah. Um, so that's been the beauty. Most of these raisings have been done at a discount. So yeah, you're, you're almost forced to take them up. So yeah. if you don't want to take them up, then sell a little bit higher, take them up a little bit lower and even right. the portfolio out. So, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. but so what's at that $2 billion yeah. on a, what, $15 billion market cap? So, yes. yeah, so one for five, so one, one for 5.15 or something. So, yeah. so, yeah, so reasonable size, but not not the biggest uh, yeah. in the marketplace. But, yeah, it does sort of dilute a little bit. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, it's a, it's a tough one here to look forward here on to Nevos because you're sort of um, gone from what making what 200 million profit a year to only making 50. Yep. Um, oh, sorry, net loss of 50 net after after, yep. the, after the falls here. Good quality asset. Um, so you think obviously it's going to recover here, but how long is the recovery? That's yep. that's the sort of grey area at the moment. Is that you know are you are we looking six months down the track and yeah. Back to normal? I don't think so. I think it's actually, you know, I think once we do get back to normal, I think there's a recovery process to get back to the same sort of volumes there and same sort of. Um, right. So I think it's probably a two, you know, at least. Too early to get into. Well, I think it's a two year lag on it here. Yep. So there's probably a bit of value here. I, I just sort of think this stock here, probably maybe towards that sort of lower end, maybe closer to $5, is probably, right. I think if you're patient here over the next sort of six to 12 yep. months, probably going to. Probably yeah, it down you've there. had the wind yeah. jets and flight centres over the last couple of weeks come back a bit too. Yeah, bounce around. Bounce yeah. around. They should yeah. do. They should do. Should be plenty of indecision. Should be plenty of concerns there. Um, yeah. I mean, Webjet got back to almost a similar market cap to what it was pre-raise. Yeah. yeah. Um, even though the business model is sort of stuffed here in the short term. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah um, that's interesting. Yeah. So you're just going to see a bit of uh, moving back and forth. So it's. Unfortunately, at the moment, the market is really, it's a speculator's market. So yeah. um, this is so, you know, for me, it just reminds me of 2000. Right. You know, so, um, so much sort of um, money sort of going into the hot, riskier sort of segments. Yep. Um, and normally sort of market flows from, you know, starts at big caps, goes to mids, then goes to smalls. That's usually towards the end of the sort of cycle. Right. So at the moment, the smalls are going nuts. Yep. Yeah. Um, the you know Robin Hood traders, the options speculative traders, that's that's as climatic. So it's yeah. it's actually all the hallmarks of a of of, being the top of the, of the final stages in the market here. Right. So okay. it's, yeah, it's bang on perfect to the way I look at it. Yeah. Okay, uh, James, what what do you think of Sydney Airport? David, it's a high quality asset. Um, it's a monopoly business, and if you've got a monopoly business, you've pretty much got a moral duty to exploit it. And if you've ever parked at Sydney Airport, you'll know <laughs> that they exploit it very well indeed. Uh, but clearly it's a business that's effectively been furloughed at the moment. I mean, it hasn't, they have to keep operating, um, but the volumes have completely collapsed. As Gary points out, it's gonna be a couple of years before they get back to anything like a pre-COVID uh, normality. The, it's not gonna go broke. Um, even if they uh, bleed losses for a couple of years, they will be able to come back to market if they need to. Uh, longer term, you'd have to think it's a, uh, a value play, but in the short term, and, and nobody can give anyone any guidance on what that short term is, uh, there's not going to be any earnings. Longer term risks really are not so much around the business, but around valuation. Any of these sorts of uh, businesses are largely valued uh, off the risk-free rate, which is effectively you know, nothing, not far above nothing at the moment. Um, going to be that case for a while, but but longer term, you'd have to think that interest rates are going to trend up probably a couple of years away from that happening. So uh, possibly even at the time the business starts recovering, uh, they're going to have some valuation concerns if, if we do see rising interest rates, but you're years away from a recovery, yep. years away from rising interest rates. High quality, long-term asset, but just no earnings at the moment. Yep, sure, okay. Um, let's, uh, that's Sydney Airport. Let's uh, look at the first stock that, that you've suggested. This comes from, from Tony. Uh, it's uh, another transport uh, uh, business or stock, if you class Sydney Airport as a, a transport stock. This one, Transurban Group, the world's largest toll road operator, uh, manages a whole bunch of networks of toll roads in, in Australia and uh, North America as well. Um, uh, been on the markets a long time, seen as a, a great defensive stock. Um, James, what do you think of Transurban at the moment? Well, again, it's a high quality business. It's effectively a series of mini monopolies and uh, they've got the ability to increase their prices above CPI. So some of the toll roads, they don't even have to advertise it any, a price increase anywhere other than their own uh, website. It's always been a volume business. Uh, it's a lot of cost that goes in for, into infrastructure. They have to borrow for the long term to be able to, uh, to, to fund it. And there's some financial engineering that goes into that. So the similar thing with interest rates with uh, Sydney Airport. In terms of the business, the biggest risk has always been perceived to be rising unemployment, less people traveling to work and so forth. 
but in uh, a, an environment where a lot of us are working from home, me today, for example, um, we're not using their toll roads and that's gonna take quite some time to recover. The flip side is that uh, when holidays come round, there'll be uh, a lot more people going on the old fashioned uh, family driving trip uh, rather, than, uh, rather than going out to Sydney airport and jetting off somewhere. So again, good quality uh, assets, good quality management, a business that's done very well in the long term, but a lot of pressures in the short term. Um, I quite like it. Um, interest rates, uh, similar to Sydney Airport, <clears throat> are a valuation risk for the business in the long term, but that's quite some years off. I'm happy enough with it, but really wouldn't be uh, banging the table about it. Okay. Gary? Yeah, I think James spot on there, actually. I think it's, um, I think, you know, at probably a lower price mark here, so maybe right. closer to $13, so it probably be more interesting. So yep. just the valuation sort of here is not, not super cheap. Yeah, uh, it's really bounced back strongly, hasn't it? It has, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not sort of, obviously, you know, James is right. I mean, obviously the volumes will be down, but not, obviously not like Sydney airports and things yeah. like that. So they're, they're decimated. Yeah. So the volumes will be down a bit here, but you do wonder long term sort of what, what the natural volumes will be, whether they'll, you know, you'd, you'd sort of think it are probably not going to go back to the same levels, but it'll still be reasonably robust. Um, right. But yeah, just maybe, it's all about price here, I think. Just, you've just seen a big recovery in price here. And um, so for me, it's sort of more about trying to find value there, which is probably not at the moment, but maybe close to $13 is probably a bit more of a value point there. Right, okay. Yeah. All right, but uh, a good solid core port portfolio stock if, yeah, you can, yeah, yeah. if you can pick it up at the right value. Yeah, 20 quality sort of toll rolls. I mean, if you come back with any of those things, it's, uh, yeah, it's yep. tough. Okay. All right. Um, speaking of a, a sector that's uh, been doing it tougher, it's been the, the oil sector over <laughs> over this year. It has been a wild ride. Oil searches, um, one of the, the premium stocks in, uh, in that sector, its share prices has been pretty wild as well. Um, um, basically um, runs oil fields in, in Papua New Guinea. Um, uh, what do you think of, uh, uh, of oil search, Gary? Yeah, I actually do have it in my portfolio. I've had oh. it in there recently, so um, yeah, I, do, I do like it here. Um, I see the, go the update day about the Alaskan project there. Yep. They're gonna sort of stagger that, so probably spend money, spend less money now and sort of you know, do, it, do it over a stage here, which is probably sensible in the current yep. environment. Um, Look, I do like it here, but I'm probably, um, my one little wary thing at the moment is that um, all stocks traditionally or seasonally don't do so well between September and December. That's kind of the weak right. period, so for right. oil prices. So, um, and the oil price has recovered, gone yeah. back up to sort of $45 a yep. barrel right around that September window of what we're in. So it's yep. just starting to fade a little bit here. So, so that, that was because of the, the northern summer wasn't it the big driving season yeah well and, um, i think it got got dumped down to basically well, well, the futures were negative <laughs> you know so yeah so it's always going to sort of come back but yeah. um yeah so it's probably going to sort of settle here under 45 i would have thought um yeah. so look some of the all stocks look pretty you know look look pretty reasonable value to me okay. uh, i think there's um most of them done a bit of done some raising here so the balance sheet's you know reasonable here um so yeah i think they're reasonably well placed here I just um, you know probably more neutral here I guess I just right. don't, yeah I think they'll hold up here I just think that oil price might be a little negative in the short term but I think medium to longer term definitely I think there's an upside in their stocks so okay. definitely would not be selling them here I'd be hanging on to them right yeah. so a hold but watching yeah. if yeah. Uh, what happens to that oil price going yeah look forward. if they if they sort of softened off here I actually think they might just sort of tread sideways here into December Right. And then I think um, they do that, just sort of hold up pretty well. I think post-December, I think that'll be time to really potentially sort of load okay. up there. Yeah. All right. Uh, James, what's your view on oil search? David, I pretty much agree with Gary on that. Um, oil is one of those uh, commodities that ebbs and flows. Uh, I don't know how many times in my lifetime I've seen uh, peak oil or glut oil or whatever it is. And at the moment, it's been heavily out of favour with um uh, the Saudis and the Russians in particular ramping up production earlier in the year and therefore suppressing prices. Um, so I'm not a great one for resource stocks. They tend to be uh, highly capital intensive businesses. In the longer term with oil very weak, you'd have to think there's uh, some upside there. Oil search is a pretty leveraged play uh, on, uh, on the price of oil. Um, a lot of people don't like the PNG exposure. That's been pretty calm for probably, in fairness, a couple of decades, but um, 
there's always been a little bit of a risk around exposure to New Guinea. So it's not the uh, lowest risk stock in the sector. Long term, probably okay. Short term, yeah, I'd agree with Gary, it's a hold. Okay, a hold on uh, oil search and just on New Guinea, I notice a bit of uh, what they're calling sabre rattling from PNG's Prime Minister over some of the big resource stocks up there. So as, uh, as governments rebuild their balance sheet after COVID, so um, I suppose you've got yeah. to take that into account. It's funny that broker values, I mean, at the moment, like a lot of the broker valuations are, are quite diverse in nature, ah. but for all search, they're quite narrow. Right. So everyone's sort of sitting in that sort of 323... Oh, so they're basically sort of spot on. So everyone yeah. sort of thinks they probably go slightly high here, but without shooting the lights out. Right. So it's almost okay. universal. I don't know if that's good or bad. Everyone's agreed, <laughs> but yeah, but everyone's sort of sitting kind of you know quite unified there. All right, let's take a look at our uh, third stock that you've suggested, uh, James. This looks like uh, something right up your alley. Love Group Global. Yeah. I'd I'd never never heard of it actually. Um, did a bit of digging around there into it, social and dating product and services, including Date Ticks, Love Struck, and Noon Swoon applications. They're uh, uh, a date matching service. Uh, they have member events and lounge business. Um, what do you think of Love Group? David, I don't believe for a minute you just found that out this morning. Um, I'm sure if we check the apps on, the, on your phone. Look, um, you've covered off on what the business does. It's, um, it's been it's around. For... It's absolutely tiny, is it? And from that graph, you can see it's very liquid. Yes. And it's been around for four or five years. It's only made a profit once. Um, it's a very crowded space. Um, I understand. I certainly, they don't appear to be a market leader in any way. Uh, Victoria, if you're looking for love, maybe it might be the uh, might be a place to find romantic love, but I don't think you'll find it in find financial love with this company. Right. Okay. Gary. That yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. 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 I mean, it's like two million dollar market cap, so yeah. it's, it's it's almost a shell. Yeah. So actually, in this marketplace, it is a shell right. because uh, normally uh, uh, most shells around that one one and a half. Right. Uh, are currently trading around two. They're trading a bit more inflated currently, so it's, right. it's essentially trading the same value as a. As a show with a ton of cash, so yeah. it hasn't performed very well. Um, interesting sector. I, I notice actually there's been a little bit of um, acquisition in the states of these dating apps oh. and dating companies. So right. even some of the bigger companies are actually um, looking at these sort of stuff. So interesting segment. I definitely yeah. wonder. Maybe just keep an eye on. But right. yeah, definitely would be putting the money in there. But yeah. definitely, yeah. Just, and a, and yeah. a problem with companies uh, groups that size is. Um, any sort of investment, you'll just automatically move the share price, won't you? And uh, yeah. and they're pretty hard to get out of. Something like a $2 million size uh, market cap as well. Yeah. Uh, it's probably not going to have a lot of cash in the books. So yeah. if the business is losing money, which is which it is, right. um, more than likely to, to survive, you've got to keep going back to the market and right. raising to money. Small. Yeah, okay. so normally it, it means a discount and dilution. And yeah. yeah, that's the biggest risk for those sort of really small players. Okay. All right. So Victoria... Uh, no love there for uh, Love Group Go Global. Um, Gary James wants a view on Ampol, the old Caltex uh, service station. Uh, recently changed its name back to the uh, uh, the um, sort of well-known Aussie brand of Ampol a yep. couple of uh, couple of months ago, um, and more recently considering hiving off the actual property for the the um, uh, the service stations. Um, into a REIT, aren't they? Yeah, I see there's a dispute there with Chevron regarding the name of something at the moment yes. as well. Yeah, so yeah. it's probably a minor issue, but um, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, so six billion market cap. It's just, yeah, I don't know here actually. Um, I looked at the broker values, they're sort of pretty wide. They're 2550 to around 3180. So again, mm. a pretty wide range of yeah, sort of views on the stock. Um, look, you've got lower volumes here at the moment, obviously with um, less on the road. Um, so I'm not sure. Um, I guess the question longer term is, you know, a lot of people are querying us if we see more electric cars coming to market, which obviously is going to be yeah. the case as well. Yeah. So put pressure on there. So just just a few, you know, you've got COVID pressures, you've got maybe um, future pressures as well. So yeah, um, yeah it might be, 
Might be one to look at lower price. I, I just looked at the price action there and um, I thought maybe sort of 20 to $21 might be uh, a more attractive price here, just on a point yep. of view. But from a macro point of view, I'm not sure it's um, exciting me. Um, right. Just a few headwinds sort of. Um, and, and thinking of hiving the property part of, off uh, into a separate REIT, does that help at all? Or? It might do there. I think at the moment the, the, the actual sort of stores haven't been performing that well. Right. So the, um, that's one of the sort of, I saw a few analysts sort of suggesting that that's uh, an area of improvement that right. um, Ampol or Caltex need to improve on. So yep. need to have a better, um, you know, some better margins or a better product on, on, right. on sale there. So um, yeah, okay. so that's the weakness so far. So there's, look, there's room for improvement there, but just yep. a few headwinds that they're probably the area they should be sort of trying to push and, 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 and improve on, they haven't so far. Yep. So okay. a few concerns there, really. All right. Uh, James, what do you think of Ampol? Look, it's a, it's a necessary business and it's a robust business. But one of the things that I look for in investment is a history of, uh, of earnings and a predictability of earnings, because that gives you confidence that you're going to continue to get uh, earnings growth in, in the future. And you just don't get that with this business. There's so many variables that go into it. The, uh, the ride that investors have had in uh, prof profitability have been incredibly volatile. So for me, it's more of a trading stock than an investment company, uh, investment grade company. Um, it's obviously highly leveraged to the demand for domestic fuel. Uh, we mentioned earlier with transurban, less people traveling into work, uh, but probably more people having driving holidays. So some positives and negatives. Valuation-wise, I'd probably have it as a, as a hold. Um, from an investment point of view, it's just not really one that's, pop, that's on my radar. Okay. All right. So uh, a hold there from, uh, from James. Gary interested if it gets around 20 bucks. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit high. I think they sort of started to sell off some of those um, real estate assets as well in there. Right. So I think they recently sold one of the unlisted trusts. They're just trying to... Um, uh, paid out a bit of debt as well, yep. make the balance sheet look a little bit more attractive just yep. just in case here. So okay. um, yeah, so some good capital management going on, but right. yeah, they're probably concerned about the model moving forward as well. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, there you go, James. Really good analysis there of uh, Ampol. Thanks for suggesting that. Um, Sam wants a view on Simmons Group, um, one of the the big home building businesses in Australia. If you're a uh, um, a Victorian or particularly um, um, a Geelong fan, Simmons Stadium was named after uh, Simmons Group. They were the big sponsor of, uh, there for a while and, and one of the families just about to come out of quarantine in Queensland after sailing his luxury yacht across the border from uh, the southern states into Queensland and, okay. um, and got caught. Uh, but they're in the business of... Uh, Anything to do with residential housing, medium density, um, um, also uh, double storey uh, homes, um, operations across Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland and South Australia. Uh, James uh, Simmons Group, big home builder. Yeah, it's not one that's been on my radar and probably a bit of difficulty in the state of Victoria at the moment. So. Um yeah, that's going to suppress the share price for a while. It, those sort of things can create opportunities for longer term investors. Hasn't had a great history of profitability. The last four years have been profitable, but prior to that, um, it wasn't for a number of years. They've only paid one dividend, and that was about four years ago, I think. So, yeah, not really for me. If I had to be in the sector, I'd have a preference for Cedar Woods Property, uh, which is a Perth-based company. and they avoid the, uh, the the big markets of, uh, of Sydney and Melbourne. Um, they don't see a lot of value there. They tend to have land banks, which they can sit on for quite a while and and, and develop. So Cedar Woods, I think, is a better business. Um, not particularly uh, negative on Simons or Simmons, uh, but it's just not one that I would find particularly attractive. Mm, okay. And uh, Gary, again, from the look of that chart, it's not uh, not traded. Uh, very much either. Uh, no, no. It's at a low price. I, I reckon the 
luxury yacht that one of the family <laughs> tried to get across the border into Queensland would be uh, would be a fairly hefty price though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is the market cap's only about 47 mil, so it's pretty, ah, right. so pretty small. Small. So, yeah. And it has, James is right, it's gone for four years, it's gone nowhere, basically yeah. on sideways. Yeah. The, yeah. Probably the most interesting thing about this business is actually not the the home builder sort of um, display home sort of side. Yeah. It's actually the education training side there. Ah. Uh, so they actually they've they've got an education um, part of the business where they um, you can go and get your diploma in building construction and plumbing. Oh. So okay. uh, yeah, which is kind of that's that's an area which is sort of getting a bit of traction yep. at the yep. moment. So yeah, so that I don't know how old that is. I couldn't sort of find when they sort of started that, but yep. uh, but I did find that was interesting that they're interesting diversity. That is that? a yeah, that's a good section. That's probably. The right area to be in actually here if i'm thinking yeah. you know so um yeah and it's not sort of something that like a lot of trades people can't yeah you know, it's not it's not easy to go out you normally you sort of got to go and do your apprenticeship or yeah you know so right. to go and get a little bit of certificate there and having a portal in there is probably you know probably quite good so yeah. i don't i don't know how big or small that is but i just thought that was quite interesting yeah. that part that was a, probably the thing that sort of caught my eye but right. but the illiquidity the i mean the revenue is about 664 mil was the revenue for the year so that's, that's fairly considerable considering the market cap's only 47 mil. Wow. So uh, obviously a loss here, obviously, with what's going on. Um, but um, Yeah, but you're, you're, you're saying they've only made one profit in four years based on that revenue. Yes, yeah. Well, that, look, maybe that revenue's sort of growing now. I just looked at the last year. I think the revenue yeah. was... Um, I mean, the profit was down considerably, obviously, yeah. Um, yeah. But Look, early 2016... Um, Dollar forty-four, big drop, and then just bubbling along around that thirty-five to, yeah. to fifty-cent mark. Been stuck here. Nothing. Been stuck here. Yeah, maybe the uh, maybe the thousands yeah. spending too much cash. Yeah. On, okay. On boats. Yeah, yeah. on boats <laughs> could be too. All right. Uh, so uh, Sam, uh, a no from uh, Simmons Group from both uh, from both Gary and James. Let's just recap uh, the first five stocks that you've sent us, including our stock of the day. No for Sydney Airport. Call it. Quality uh, asset, but uh, just being pounded by what's happening at COVID there and certainly an un uncertain year or two. Uh, Transurban, great company. No from James. Uh, Gary would uh, show some interest if it dropped to around that $13 mark. Uh, a hold for Oil Search. Uh, a no for Love Group. Uh, a hold on Ampol from, uh, from James. Uh, Gary would be looking more around the $20 mark and a no for Simmons, the big home building group. Um, um, James uh, suggests if you want, if you're interested in that sector, uh, Cedarwood is uh, probably a better proposition for you. Um, here on the call, uh, we've got our own portfolio that we've been tracking since the 1st of July. Any stock that comes up and is analysed by our panel, if it gets a unanimous yes, uh, a buy from both, they go into the uh, to the portfolio. Let's check see how we've been performing over uh, the last week up about three quarters of a percent for the month up almost five percent and since the first of July uh, up all about ten and a half percent some of the uh, companies that have been recently added by our panels uh, integral diagnostics Macquarie group CSL Dicker data and Coles have been added in the last month or so and you can check all of the stocks in the calls portfolio by heading to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio will update it each day. Now coming up in the next hour on the polls, uh, Michelle Miller, uh, the MD from Biotron joins us as the company makes inroads to a COVID-19 treatment that's coming up uh, after 1pm after the call here on Ausbiz. All right, let's get into the, uh, the second uh, half of uh, of the call or the stocks that you suggested and James uh, Jackie wants a view on AGL the big uh, energy group integrated uh, energy company and owner operator developer of renewable energy um, generation in Australia gas uh, wind thermal um, one, one of our bigger energy groups that that provides the retail market what do you think of AGL it is, David, and it's one of Australia's oldest listed companies. Um, it's a general thing for long-term investment. If you use, if you invest in the companies that you uh, use in your life, you, yep. you tend to do well because you can understand uh, 
why you use their product or service. And um, you, you can understand the business, you can understand the inputs into, uh, into consumers. And so they can be good businesses for investors to own uh, for either the long or short term. I just think with AGL, they're going through a transition period at the moment. They're moving out of, out of coal. Um, that's providing uh, some pressure on earnings and on margins. The uh, cross-selling with, um, with electricity and telephony and everything else they're trying really is not bridging that gap. Um, I like the business for the long term, but in the short term, I think there are a couple of years off trough earnings. So I think we're going to see some more pressure on it. Um, one to keep a watch on, but probably a couple of years off being a buy for me. Okay. Because you look at that five-year chart up at $27, now down around the 15, um, and really hasn't bounced back back like the rest of the market, Gary. No, no, it's just that, I mean, Jane's right there, actually uh, sort of forecasting a sort of drop-off in earnings here. So right. had the sort of sweet spot a little bit back a, uh, 18 months ago. And then, yeah. yeah, so the next couple of years sort of is declining there. I think a, lo- a large part of that is priced in a bit here, so is, the, is that sort of uh, decline. And also think that um, the last sort of uh, update, you know, is a little political at the moment, obviously with energy prices. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's like the banks don't want to ever say they're making too much money, otherwise uh, can come back. <laughs> the government's come yeah. down on them hard. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So at the moment, everyone's looking for to try and get lower energy prices, do the right thing for the consumer. So it's probably... It's not in their political interest to go out and beat the drum that we're going to make a lot of money. Actually, probably better to say the opposite, right. that we're going to be tougher and margins square. So you don't want to have political pressures making it more difficult well, that's for right. you. That's right. That's been a common theme amongst premiers, even the prime minister. Yeah. Has a, yeah. we'll, we'll bring your household bills down yeah. by cutting your power and energy costs. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I think at the moment, I think that was sort of, uh, that was a rhetoric in the last result. So the the yeah. actual result was, was fair, I thought. Um, Obviously, there's a bit of a weakness in the earnings moving forward here, but I think it's largely priced in. So I actually don't mind it here. Actually, I think yeah. I think there's some sort of value here. I mean, the PE is pretty modest, the yield's pretty high here. Um, so I know there's going to be a little bit of a slippage in earnings here, but I think you know, I think they're sort of priced in here really. So uh, yeah, just whether you're going to get a the stimulus to get a decent sized move on the upside, that's right. probably lacking. Yeah. But I think maybe the price might sort of meander a bit here. Maybe it'll be. I think most of broking um, analysts are sort of sitting between 14 and say 17. Right. So maybe that's where we'll sit. Maybe we'll 14.50 to 16.50. We in might, a really t- tight margin. Yeah, we might just sort of find a bit of a low here. But I think, look, it's, I think it's getting interesting here. Definitely seeing, technically it's gone to a new low and I've seen volumes actually pick up. Right. So when I see a heightened volume activity in the, in the trade, that, you know, for me, volume comes in one or two places, the, the high or the low. Right. So when I see accumulation taking place at, at the lower levels, it shows me there's some interest here, the yep. stock here. So okay. um, not a lot of yield out there and a lot yep. of other stocks, so the yield's reasonable here. So, right. um, yeah, so I think it's I think it's not, I think around $14, $15 is probably a buy here. So, right. yeah, okay. I actually quite like it here. Yeah. Okay. All right, so based on a yield basis, but from what, what you're saying is, uh, share price-wise, yeah. It may not do much for a while. Yeah, I, well, I, I actually, um, I actually think the Nasdaq is so close to a peak here um, that the growth sector is people are going to ex- people are going to exit growth in, in droves here in the next couple of months. I think right. they're going to be forced go into to defensive go into like defensive base. So I think you'll go into stocks like this. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it hasn't happened yet, but I think you'll see that transition soon. We saw, we already saw two days, two big days down the NASDAQ, down five, yeah. down five. Yeah. And we saw the stocks that were up were banks in the US. Right. Yeah. So some of the defensive there. So I think we're on the precipice of a big shift in the markets. Growth mm. will get hammered here soon. Yeah. And um, it'll be a shift back into value. Right. And so that's why these stocks will probably hold up. Won't shoot the lights out, but yeah. they'll probably track. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good analysis there, Jackie. Thank you uh, for suggesting that. Um, Gary David wants a view on Simic Group, the old Leighton Holdings uh, uh, in the construction business, in uh, mining, engineering, um, infrastructure, uh, not just in Australia, but um, right around the region, um, North and South America as well. One of, our, one of our big famous companies, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I noticed a few of the builders are actually, uh, price action has been uh, kind of positive here the last week or two. So. Right. A little bit of a shift, positivity in that sector. So 
hasn't quite turned here for Simic there. Um, but I think overall, I think the full year profit was what down 14%. Oh, sorry, the, the yeah, profit was down 14%. Revenue was only down 7%. So a little bit soft there. Um, again, the broker values are really spread here. Like we got from 23 to 34 dollars. So that's a massive range wow. between brokers there. 23 to 34, and it's sitting at 20. Yeah, yeah. So some big, um, big, you know, some big movements and big gaps in there. Yeah, but um, all, all above the current yeah. price. So I mean, the market cap's six and a half bill, and I think there's about four million. Sorry, there's about four billion in cash on the books right. as well. So the, the issue now, here is that what they've got four billion in cash. Four billion in cash on the books. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, um, but the issue here is that um, there's a slowness in actually new contracts coming on board because yep. of because of COVID's delaying everything. Yeah. They're actually just. I mean, they have won a few contracts recently, but normally the flow of new work would be coming on a lot faster. Yeah. So there's a little concern about, you know, really into sort of winning some more work, yeah. but. But I, I was ready in the. Yeah. I think the financial review during the week it sort of. Uh, uh, preempting the uh, budget coming out on October six, the, um, the the federal government's going to put billions into infrastructure yeah. to try and kickstart yeah. the economy. So, would CIMIC be one of the big yeah, beneficiaries? Of definitely, that? definitely here. So, I think the price is reasonable here. I think mm. the price action looks like it wants to come back to me, maybe under twenty dollars. Right. So, maybe in that eighteen to twenty dollar range is probably going to be interesting price zone. Right. It is trending down here, which is sort of not so good longer term, but. Definitely a sector to sort of keep an eye on there. And yeah. if they start to win a few more contracts, um, yeah, a bit more surety there. Yeah. And if you've got broker valuations 23 to 34, all above what it is now. Yeah, well, they're all sort of sitting, you know, probably, I mean, it's a pretty wide range. Yeah. So a lot of indecision there with regard. Yeah. You know, so people are probably looking at the glass half full, we'll go back to normal soon. So right. we'll shoot back up. Right. And then others sort of not so sure. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, James, what do you think of Simic? Yeah. David, I quite like it. I just would caution it's not for the faint-hearted. It is, uh, it is by nature very lumpy uh, in earnings, uh, but the time you buy these things is when they're out of favour and they're um, yeah. and they're out of favour at the moment. Okay, all right. Yeah, James is right there. Yeah, you, got to, you, you do have to sort of step in there when things do seem maybe the worst. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can't get much worse than this. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, um, so a yes for... Uh, uh, for Simic, from James, for Gary, if it gets in that eighteen to twenty dollar, it dips below. We're pretty 20. close here, so yeah. yeah. So we're getting pretty, uh, yeah, pretty interesting here. And, and the volumes are actually have declined here on the pullback as well. So ah. it just means there's, uh, you know, no one's really participating in the sell down. But just we just haven't seen the buyers step in yet. Right. They probably okay. want to see a bit more. But okay, yeah. All right, uh, James Louise, what's a view on integrated research there in the? Uh, um, uh, computer software, business platforms, design development, implementation of it. Uh, company has, um, um, is across 60 countries. Um, so it's uh, one of our big tech, tech stocks. What do you think of integrative research? I really like it, David, and, uh, and I'm a shareholder in it. it. It's a business that has, that monitors critical software for uh, performance uh, software for computers. Um, they have got, uh, a, most of their customer base is in Fortune 500 companies. Um, they are also have products sold as an add-on through uh, some of the big uh, computer companies. Uh, they've got something like seven of the top biggest banks in the world, nine of the top 10 stock exchanges, some of the biggest telcos. And yet through all of that, they have only got revenue a little over $100 million and, and, and very sticky revenue. They really, really lose a customer, if, if ever. And what that suggests to me is that, number one, the product works. And number two is it's not a big enough spend for any of these companies that someone's going to look at it and say, gee, we're spending a lot of money on this. We really should be uh, looking whether we can develop something similar in-house. In it's performed very, very well over the long term. Uh, very predictable earnings growth in the low to mid teens. Um, I like it. It's a it's a fabulous mm. Australian success story. Um, the share price has certainly had some volatility, but the earnings has hasn't, and I love that. Um, if mm. you've got a company without a lot of earnings volatility, you've got a lot of uh, faith um, and confidence that earnings are going to continue. 
but if you get price volatility, you just need to be a little bit patient in when you pick it up. Um, I'm happy to be picking up some at these levels. I don't think it's an absolute standout buy, but sometimes with these companies, you buy a small amount, it keeps it on your radar, and yep. then when they have a little dip, you can uh, you can have a mm. have a big swing at it. So, yep, I like the business a lot. Okay, Gary. Yeah, actually, this, I mean, I'm sure this came up a couple of weeks ago. This stock actually. Um, yeah. So yeah, I like the company as well. I think uh, I mean the revenue and the profit line growth have been about 10 percent, so which is which is pretty solid. <laughs> yep. PE was sort of still around 27. So I think last time on here was probably 30 because it was right. a bit higher. Right. Uh, I just sort of view technically that. It's really sort of gone for a crazy run, yep. and it's starting to pull back here. And um, the price point I always look for when I, when I see markets like this is I look for the old high because often sort of stocks will come back and sit on top of the old high and find support right. there. Yep. And that's around three fifty, so another twenty five cents away here, but getting getting right. close there. But right. great business. Uh, do think that three fifty is definitely achievable here on the downside. Um, right. That's probably the, the better price point. Yep. The the only negative I see is the selling the last three or four weeks has been pretty heavy. Yeah. So volumes are up, so taking a bit off that probably PE of thirty, maybe maybe down to a PE of twenty or something, maybe right. more attractive. But yeah. good solid business, um, sticky, uh, top tier clients. It's all about the valuation here. It's all so yeah. Um, yeah okay, business. so yeah. we we have some good tech stocks in this sort of space. Technology one is sort of tech one has been seen as one of the market leaders. Um, sort of integrated research v technology one well it's sort of well the, the multiples would be be a bit cheaper here for integrated research so yeah um, yeah so it's not sort of seen as a um as a blockbuster sort of tech right so okay. it's uh, more sort of steady as you go sort of build slowly yeah. which is probably what you want to be in actually right. yeah sure whereas some of the other sort of tech i mean like a lot of tech that's particularly us based nasdaq yeah. Yeah. multiples are you're talking 50 100 150 times yeah. earnings so yeah. they have shot the lights out right i mean if you think about the bull market the bull market's gone from 2009 up to um so this 11-year bull market yeah. the, the, the nasdaq has rallied 50 percent of that 11-year range in the last six months yeah 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 up to taking the cane in your march yeah um james do you have a view on integrated research versus technology one David, I own them both. Uh, Gary's right. Uh, it's certainly cheaper on a multiple earnings multiple basis, uh, but but similar businesses in yeah. in that they have got uh, long term history of profit growth, a stability of profit growth, a very sticky customer base. They're not the sort of businesses you're going to wake up one time and find uh, that you know they've had a significant collapse in earnings. The share prices can be volatile, and that. Um, just means you're a little bit cautious about when you buy them. Uh, on a relative value basis at the moment, I would prefer uh, integrated research. I own them both. I own them both for the long term. I have zero uh, intent to sell either of them, whether they're cheap or expensive. I'm just going to okay. hold them for, you know, forever. They're great businesses. Yep, great advice. All right, thank you for that, Louise, for the suggestion. Um, uh, Gary Andrew wants a view on Cadence Capital. Um, they're um, um, basically uh, a hedge fund. Are they a hedge fund? Yeah, manager? boutique sort of fund manager, sort of yeah, quite of uh, diverse sort of um, investment thesis there, sort of uh, yeah, uh, domestic and overseas. So um, look, it's I saw they were I think they were down four point nine percent for the year, which yep. was about. 2.3% above the accumulation index. So outperformed the indexed by a small margin. So fair, uh, four year loss of around 10.8 million. So not a great result there. Um, trading at a fair discount to NTA, but that is universal. Yep. At the moment, most of the LICs are trading at a massive discount. Um, they are doing the on-market buyback. So like a lot of these sort of LICs that are, um, have been a discount, um, have started to basically Buy their own shares back because obviously they're right. trading. What you know, at the end of the day, you, you've got a, yeah, yeah, you've got an asset worth a dollar and it's trading at eighty cents. You yeah. buy your own shares. That's right. good yeah, value yeah. there. So yeah. that's that's a positive there. The stock has bounced here and it's gone from sort of thirty up to seventy cents. So it's been a bit of a recovery there with the market um, with those actions. So that's positive that we're actually getting um, the companies taking some actions to rectify that. Yeah. I think the Australian Leaders Fund did something a while back there, and that's had a pretty good run since they've done the same thing. Yep. Um, so I think it goes higher here. The, the f 
I think it's like 5.7% fully frank dividend there, so that's pretty tidy as well. Right. Um, but it's had a good recovery already, so it's probably not going to shoot the lights out. But volumes are pretty firm in the stock, so um, but that's probably a bit of the buyback there. So right. yeah, so I think it probably goes slightly higher here, but you know, it's not. Yeah, maybe it goes to 70 to 75 or 80 right. cents or something. Okay. But that's probably the upside for me. So not not exciting, but positive. Okay. Yeah. So would you buy it at this price or are there better options? There are better options, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, James? David, it's, you've both covered it off on it fairly well. The one thing I'd add to it is that they are really a value investor in a market that has been focused on growth. And that's one of the reasons for their underperformance. The reason to be buying it is uh, twofold. One is to close that valuation gap. As Gary said, they're buying back their own shares. They're trading at something like a 27% discount to NTA. So uh, there is a big valuation gap there. The other reason is at some point in time, there will be a rotation away from these very, very expensive growth stocks to value. I don't really know when that'll be, but uh, but when it does, you'll see that valuation gap close quite strongly. You're not gonna buy it on investment performance because it really hasn't been that great. It's underperformed the market, uh, but it's got a, a decent dividend yield. The reason to buy it is if you think that uh, there is gonna be a switch from, from growth to value and then, uh, and then you're going to see not only the performance of their investments uh, rise relative to the rest of the market, but you're going to see that valuation gap close as well. I just don't know when that when that's going to be. Okay, very soon. Actually, yep. I like it more now. James yep. said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's a buy for you now. Well, I'm sort of more interested now because obviously right, okay. it's, uh, it's really in the segment that I want to be in, to yep. be honest. With you. So right. I, I view the markets uh, going through about to go through a major okay. shift here. So uh, yeah, good. Okay. Yeah. Um, and James, our final uh, stock, Mario, wants to view on National Australia Bank. What about our big four? David, when you buy a company in a sector, you want to buy the best company. National Australia Bank uh, was the best company in the sector 30 years ago. Uh, you would have been aware that they recently sold MLC for $1.4 yep. a business they bought for $4.5 billion 20 years ago. They've underperformed their peers in everything you can imagine, whether it be net interest margin, whether it be return on equity, whether it be profitability. Uh, this business has been an absolute standout underperformer. Can they turn it around? Well, I hope so. Uh, will they? I just don't know. They have got failure deep within their DNA. Um, I'd like to see a lot more from them before I had any confidence in uh, in buying it. I did buy some a few years ago with the thought that they would close the valuation gap between their peers, but sustained underperformance and arrogance at the Royal Commission and everything else. It's just um, been a hugely disappointment, disappointing company, so um, not for me. Okay. Uh... James didn't sugarcoat that, Gary. No, what about no. You? Are you going to no. be more diplomatic? Uh, yeah, probably, probably. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I, I actually do think. Um, I think it's a hold here. Right. Um, I actually think it'll go high here, but basically up towards twenty twenty one dollars, which all the broker vows are sitting right there. They're right. sitting between twenty and twenty one, so no one's got a super high value on it. Yeah. No one's got a super low value on it. So yeah. um, that's kind of the yeah, and I, I actually think that's probably likely to where it'll be. I noticed when the Nasdaq sort of sold off last time, the banks actually had a bit of a initial recovery because uh, the money came out of the growth and went into sort of safety sort of yep. um, stocks. So I think there'll be a little bit of that. But I think with the earnings sort of gap here and more, more of a, again, we're going to be pretty flat earnings growth here for the probably the next, you know, 18 months. Yep. Then it's not just doesn't leave anywhere for the stock to sort of go. So, right. but I'm sort of more neutral. I think the stock will probably bounce back up to that 2021 up to where the you know most of vowels are won't go any higher than that yep and then I'd be writing cover calls here because I think you probably it'll probably keep hitting that level for the next two years and never right. never punch through it okay so, all right uh, yeah so hold it if you got it yeah okay all right let's just recap the final five stocks um, AGL a, uh, a no from James Gary likes it for as a yield basis at the moment because it's uh, uh, the share price has dropped a fair bit. Uh, Simic, uh, a yes from uh, James, uh, would be a yes from Gary if it was in that 18 to $20 mark. Uh, both like integrated research, 
Uh, Gary's holding out for 350 though, which is pretty close to where it is at the moment, but a, a little lower. Uh, Cadence Capital, um, if you, uh, according to James, if you think the market's got to change from growth stocks to value stocks, then this is a buy. And uh, um, Gary, I think, ended up yeah. buying it based on that basis. <laughs> Um, a definite no from James on NAB and a hold from Gary. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much. James Rosenberg from Bayviews. Always great to catch up. Uh, good luck with the Roosters for the rest of the year. <laughs> Thanks, David. And, to, uh, and uh, Gary Glover from yeah. Novus Capital. Always great to catch up, mate. Thanks, thank David. you very yeah. much for that. Look, if you want to suggest any stocks to uh, send through to us, flick them through on email, thecall at ausbiz.com.au or tweet us using the Ausbiz TV handle. And a reminder where to find all the stocks we have in the calls portfolio, those stocks that get unanimous approval by uh, that day's panel, um, head to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Um, look, before we take a, a short break here on Ausbiz, get the latest straight from our team into your inbox, sign up for COB. That's the stuff you need to know about the day in business, finance and startups. It's all wrapped up at the end of the day by Nadine and Scuddy. You can subscribe at osbiz.co slash join. It'll be in your inbox 5.30 p.m. Eastern every Monday to Friday. And if you're looking for your next investment, something a bit different in the private equity space, tune in to Startup Daily every day. The team brings you the companies seeking capital and all the latest in the startup and venture capital sector. Today, they're joined by Kate Kendall as she launches a new accelerator designed to help female founders launch tech companies. That's Startup Daily, a whole range of different guests, founders and venture capitalists between 2 and 3 p.m. That's only here on Ausbiz. Just about to take a very short break. After that, we continue here on Ausbiz with all the latest business and markets news with, uh, with The Pulse. Stick around. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.